0: Good morning. Uh, the, reading, the first reading this morning is taken from Psalm 45. Uh, for the director of music, the tune of Lilies, <laughs> of the Sons of Korah, a masculine, a wedding song. My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. You are the most excellent of men and your lips have been anointed with grace. Since God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your side, you mighty one. Clothe yourself with splendor and majesty. In your majesty, ride forth victoriously in the cause of truth, humility, and justice. Let your right hand achieve awesome deeds. Let your sharp arrows pierce the hearts of the king's enemies. Let the nations fall beneath your feet. Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom you'll love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. All your robes are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia, from palaces adorned with ivory. The music of the strings makes you glad. Daughters of kings are among your honored women, but your right hand is the royal bride in gold of Ophir. Listen, daughter, and pay careful attention. Forget your people and your father's house. Let the king be enthralled by your beauty. Honor him, for he is your lord. The city of Tyre will come with a gift. People of wealth will seek your favor. All glorious is the princess within her chamber. Her gown is interwoven with gold. In embroidered garments she is led to the king. Her virgin companions follow her, those brought to be with her. Led in with joy and gladness, they enter the palace of the king. Your sons will take the place of your father's. You will make them princes throughout the land. I will perpetuate your memory through all generations. Therefore, the nations will praise you forever and ever.
1: The second reading today is Matthew chapter 2, The Magi Visit the Messiah. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for that is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, Bethlehem in the land of Judea, Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For, you, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh.
2: Well, thank you uh, very much uh, to Leo and Peter. So I'm David, uh, as Kate said. Uh, if you don't know me, I do a few things around here. Not as many as Kate, but that uh, no one does, to be fair. Um, so um, could we have the slide show up, Lizzie? Is that okay? just the first blank slide. Yeah, perfect. Um, so I'm going to apologize in advance. I wrote this slideshow and it looks great on my computer, but uh, sadly, um, on this one, when you're at the back, it's probably a little bit difficult to read. So apologies in advance. You can follow along the psalm uh, in the Bible, or else just take my word for it. <laughs> um, let's pray together. Um, Yes, Father, just thank you. Uh thank you for your blessings. Thank you uh, that you're with us this morning. Thank you um, that you have sent Jesus to be our wonderful Saviour, our King. And as we learn about him uh in the sermon today, as we think on him, Lord, would you open our hearts and minds? Would you guide my words, Lord, that we all may be blessed, and we all may be encouraged to draw closer to you. In Jesus' name, Amen. So um, for those following along, Psalm 45, which Peter uh, kindly read for us, um, is a song—a psalm and a song about a, a wedding, uh, and in fact, uh, a royal wedding, um, the wedding. Is, uh, is now, um, we've probably got a little bit of royal fatigue at the moment. We've had, you know, the queen's funeral, we've had the coronation, and we've had a couple of royal weddings in the in the last uh, decade or more. Now, I'm not going to ask if you are a royalist or an anti monarchist or I don't, or somewhere in between. Uh, the point is, royal weddings are a big deal. I um, remember in 2011, uh, the time of uh, Kate and William's wedding, um, I wasn't about it, I didn't, I didn't actually watch it. But I went to uh, America to visit uh, uh, my cousins on my mum's side, and they had all the memories. Super excited about it and it was oh, Liam and Kate are oh, the best etc etc so I was thinking wow here in America they're so bothered about this and actually yeah these are events that are watched from around the world whatever you may think about them they are a, a big deal to a lot of people and even more so the, the king of Judah uh, being married and Psalm is about him so who it was written for. Um, we don't. Is it going in now? Okay. It could have been I'm a lot louder. Um, it could have been for uh, kings of Judah. It may not have been for a specific king. Maybe it was written as a, a sort of a to, to be used for for uh, the king uh, to come. Basically, um, why is this psalm matter to us then? You know, it's a very kind of if you a kind of psalm sort of language. Um, <laughs> um so the the psalmist heart is stirred with a with a noble theme to just to to pen and sing this song about the king and the king's the most excellent of men and you know all fantastic <laughs> <laughs> we're moving through them does anyone have a loud hailer after this that'll be quite fun <laughs> um So, yeah, I mean, um, so what does that mean to us? Um, Oh, this great psalm about uh, this king uh, back 3,000 years ago or so. What's the big deal? Um, Well, although it was written in its time and place for a certain king, um, actually there is a, a deeper focus for us to be looking at. So we shouldn't be looking at it as, oh well maybe this is about our king today are we seeing this about charles um you know you are the most excellent men charles or maybe rishi he's the uh, the prime minister you know ride out in majesty rishi i'm not sure is what the chants on the street are going to be but you know um but yes this actually has a deeper meaning and there are clues to this in the psalm itself you might have noticed quite an odd line actually um after these verses so it's talking about the king, and then it says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. So is it talking about God now? Has it changed? But then he goes on to say, you love righteousness and hate wickedness, and therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions. So he's still talking about the king here, and he's calling him God, which is a little bit odd, um, as just as we do, um, the Jews at the time believed in one God and didn't. Generally, view the king as being a god. Um, So, already there are kind of hints that this might be about someone a little bit different. And who do we know who is a king who is also God? Of course, it is the Messiah, it is Jesus. And actually, don't just take my word for it. In the New Testament, the writer of the Hebrews quotes this psalm referring to jesus he talks about the father speaking of the son and he says that about jesus he says your throne O god will last forever and ever and he quotes the rest of those couple of verses so ultimately for us although it was written in its context for us today this is a psalm about jesus and this is a psalm about him and with that lens actually it's worth revisiting the psalm so he talks about how great king is and for us that's Jesus you know um, that he is the most excellent of men that he is clothed in majesty and splendor that he is a mighty one that he rides out uh, in the cause of truth justice and humility and that's Jesus his, his heart is stirred up and just to focus on the first line the psalmist is so moved by the king so uh, just absolutely um, his heart is just churned up towards him that he can't help but sing this psalm of him. He can't help but write this. I wonder how often we feel like that with Jesus. I wonder how often we stop and say, Jesus is terrific, isn't he? He's just so great. And I know we do sing praises on Sunday morning um, or Sunday evening or whenever you come to church. um, And as we have been doing this morning, and many of us will listen to worship songs home but not just worship praise but but actual just devotion that our hearts just just can't but praise and think about how great and amazing jesus is um leo read for us the um the story of the wise men coming to visit jesus and at that point it would have been strange to say of him that he was a mighty one riding out victoriously but nevertheless they saw him as the new and coming king and they brought gifts for him. And in fact, in that um, very well-known hymn, O Come, All Ye Faithful, the chorus is, O Come, Let Us Adore Him. O Come, Let Us Adore Him. And, you know, I, I have to catch myself as well. How often am I in that space where I just want to adore Jesus just for who he is? My heart is stirred up with a noble theme. But this psalm is not just about, uh, it's not just about Jesus, because this is of course a wedding psalm, and although it may have been written with a, a particular bride in mind, with Jesus in mind, if Jesus is the king, who is the bride? It's us. It's uh, not the building, of course, and not just our church, but the wider church, the people. Um, the church are the bride of Christ. Now, this is quite a, a difficult thing to get your head around. Um, maybe it's a, an, an analogy that you've, you're you not familiar with, or maybe it's one that you are but you're not hugely comfortable with. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about um, the men in here. I'm talking about everybody, this idea that we are kind of corporately married to Jesus that he is our husband is is a really strange kind of thing and I'm not I'm not talking about romantic love as such but deep intimate committed love Um, to the exclusion of others should be our love for Jesus and and it's sometimes good to pause on this the bible uses lots of imagery we talk about how we're the children of God how we're Um, the the temple of God how we're the people of God his nation how we're the body of Christ how we're the bride of Christ and actually I think the Bible does this because if we just had one picture to work with um, it'd be very easy for us to kind of get quite used to it oh yeah no I know that whatever sometimes it's good to look at things from a different angle and think oh okay um, that's a bit different that's a bit odd and I need to really pause and reflect on this so let's, uh, let's read about the bride then. So it talks about this amazing woman who is adorned in, in wonderful clothes and is beautiful. And it talks about um, how her gown is interwoven with gold and uh, she has embroidered garments. And the really interesting line is the first one, let the king be enthralled by your beauty. And in the context that we've been speaking about, I wonder how often we really think about just how much Jesus loves us that how this is how Jesus views us as utterly beautiful to him as as something so precious as people so uh, wonderful and beautiful before him, and to be clear, this is not about us being so great us being fantastic because um, you know, we will all say we all have our sins and blemishes. Um, none of us live a perfect life. And in fact, it, for us for us all really, it's far from perfect. We all come with our baggage. We all don't really trust in Jesus as we should. We all are often far from him. We all don't have the faith and the love that we should. But Jesus sees us as this, not because we're so great, but our worth comes from how much he values us. Our value is because Jesus thinks we're worth it, not because we're so fantastic, but because Jesus loves us. Jesus thinks we're worth it. Jesus thinks that we're great. So much so that he was willing to die for us, that ultimately Jesus um, loved us so much that he went to the cross for us. He paid the price for our sins so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be his bride. And all these wonderful things that the church are adorned with are all paid for at a great cost by the Lord Jesus. Jesus loves you, and your value is not simply in what you can do, in how good a Christian you have been, or what your skills and abilities are, how much money you have, how popular you are, but the fact that Jesus the king of the universe, your creator loves you and thinks that you're so worth it that he was willing to enter into his creation and die as one of us. And if we look at what the bride is doing, she's, she's waiting. She's waiting for the wedding. She's being prepared. And it's an odd thing, really. We we see as Jesus as our husband, but also as a husband to be. This 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 concept runs throughout the Bible. that's already, not yet. We are the children of God, but we're going to be adopted as the children of God on the last day. We are the bride of Christ, but we're going to be the bride of Christ on the last day. Um, but we're waiting for that time. And are we like the bride in this in this psalm, waiting faithful? clothed in her splendor without a blemish are we being faithful to jesus and i think that what's going to the bride's head that is helping her to keep herself faithful to her king and i think it's probably something to do with what the psalmist is talking about how wonderful and how amazing the king is how beautiful he is and amazing and i think that's true for us as well if we don't see jesus as being this this wonderful, great and, and, and loving saviour, we don't see him in his majesty, then it's quite difficult for us to keep our focus on him. There are distractions, there are different pleasures, things that we think are, are better, really, um, that we'd rather spend our time doing than actually spending time with him. But if we do see him in that way or try to see him more like that, the more we are so just amazed at at who he is, the more we want to spend time with him, the more we think, you know what, you are worth the wait, Jesus. Um, And indeed, we are waiting for that final day. Um, In the book of Revelation, which talks about the end times uh, towards the end of the book, it talks about after the second coming, there's the wedding supper of the Lamb, and the Lamb is Jesus, and where we, the church, the people of Christ, will Will be united to him forever. That we will be wearing fine linen, which is the righteous acts of, of God's people, the, the acts that he has given to us to do. And, you know, we, we, we've sung about this in, in, the, in the last hymn, you know, Jesus, my King, my wonderful Savior, you know, that we're waiting for that day. I will be like you. Uh, you know, I, I will sing praises, through His unfold. And that's the final day that we're waiting for. But maybe you don't see Jesus this way. Maybe you've come to church and you don't know him at all, and this might be your first time here, or, or maybe you're not sure. Or maybe you do know him, but you feel far from him. Maybe you feel that he's been distant in your life. Maybe it's difficult for you to stir up your heart to think what's so great about Jesus. But I encourage you not to focus on the majesty and how excellent he is and, and how mighty he is and all these sorts of things. The thing that matters most is that Jesus loves you and that he loved you so much that he died for you. And he loved you so much that if you were the only one, he would have died for you. And the scripture tells us that. In Ephesians, Paul is writing to to various family members and he writes, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's how much Jesus loves you. And if it's difficult to think about all the other stuff, I would just focus on that. Jesus loves you and he loves you and he loves me. And that love is an unconditional love. It's a self-giving love. And so I would suggest that we do pray that our heart is stirred with a noble theme, that that Jesus reveals to us just how wonderful he is. And by looking at him, and focusing on jesus as our king as our savior as our as our husband as our friend as our lord and then then we'll be able to follow him then we will be able to focus on him and then the things around us the distractions of the world the things that uh, pull us from this way and that the burdens that we carry will ultimately fade away in his light as that uh, famous hymn goes Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Oh Jesus, we, we do not see you as, you as you truly deserve to be seen. You are so amazing, Lord, and so often we forget you so often we put you out of our mind but thank you lord that as we read the scriptures as we spend time with you we will see just how much you love us as we walk out in step with you lord we'll see time and time again that your grace is enough for us that you catch us when we fall and you love us and that you see us as worth it lord no matter what we've done no matter our background, no matter how faithful we've been to you, Lord, you see us as worth it, you see us as beautiful in your eyes. And so, Lord Jesus, I just pray that you will stir up our hearts to draw closer to you in the coming days, in the coming weeks, set yourself before us, Lord. In your name, amen. So we're going to have a couple of songs now just to kind of reflect on this theme of, of who Jesus is. Um, the first one is uh, it's one we've sung before. Um, it's um, uh, the song You're, you're Beautiful. And um, there's lots of kind of um, sort of ooh-ooh-ooh bits and oh, oh oh bits. And you're welcome to sing along to that. But but if, um, if you find that difficult or challenging in those spaces, in that time, just just sing praise in your heart in whatever words or or just the silence just spend that time with jesus um so if you'd like to stand we'll have our next cup